Uh, we talked last week, we started talking about a series, God Never Said That. I don't know if you've ever been, um, if somebody ever said that you said something that you never said. If you're married, that happens all the time, right? <laughs> Almost like I said, you heard, two different things. Um, but Jesus and, and God are blamed for things. I mean, a hurricane comes and it's called an act of, of, an act of God. That's right. And it, it's not. He gets blamed for stuff. And some of it, he gets blamed for things he never said. And the reason that this is important for us to know this is because sometimes our theology gets shaped by these phrases. And one of them, last week we talked about, that God's uh, highest and best for my life, for his life, for my life, is that uh, my happiness is his first priority. And God never said my happiness is his first priority. I serve to delight him. I serve to, to, to make him happy not for the other way around. And the Bible says we'll delight. And so we know that. This week we're talking about, um, well, I'll tell you what we're in just a moment. Next week we're going to be talking about, and this is an important one, it doesn't matter what I do as long as I don't hurt anybody. People attribute that to God. And the third, the last week, and this is a very important one, if you have friends, you want to bring them to this one as well, uh, the people, what you believe doesn't matter that's what God, they believe that God said that. And that's, your, your beliefs do matter and they do have consequences. And so we're going to be um, opening those up and dissecting them and seeing what those phrases mean. But today we're talking about, well, let me just say this. There was a pastor who used to say, uh, you're either going into a tough time or you're in the middle of a valley or you're coming out of a valley. That's where you are. And to me, that's always a terrible way to look at things because it's all negative, Right? I like to say I'm either going up a mountain, the top of the mountain, or down a mountain, but the truth is we all go through valleys. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. And so we are all going through, and if you haven't, maybe you're in the beginning of a bad time. Maybe stuff started sliding. Maybe with a COVID outbreak, there was a change in your job, and things just started going in, and maybe you're at the bottom of that now. Maybe Maybe you're coming out of it. Maybe you finally see light at the end of the tunnel and you realize that it's not a train. That's funny. It really is. You can laugh. And so maybe you're at that point. Have you ever been at that point where you're just stressed and you're, you come, you're, you're just overwhelmed? Maybe you're, you're super, super busy and everything is going nuts in your life and you just, oh, you're, you just don't know. You feel like you're pulling your hair out. You feel like you're at the very end. And then you meet a Christian. It's always a Christian who says it too. And they said, well, you know, the Bible says God will never give you more than you can handle. Have you heard that before? Anybody well-meaning said that to you? Or how about when the Lord, when, when the door closes, the Lord opens a window. You've heard that one? That's good news unless you're on the 12th floor. That's not in the Bible. That's not in the Bible. Neither of those statements are in the Bible. So today we're talking about, uh, you know, what happens when you're going through life and all the tough stuff happens. What happens when you're, uh, and they're not always bad things that happen. Busyness happens, like a kid's birthday party or a, friend, a friend's party or volunteering at a school or planning a wedding or having a baby or, or starting a new job. All these things can be stressors. And people say, oh, man, I got I to gotta really work hard. Maybe you're in a different stage of life, and different stages of life bring different pressures. Remember the diaper stage of life? 
Anybody remember diapers? Yeah, back in the, the, there's actually a baby cry room back there with the baby and they're waving. Yes, we know the diaper phase. There is a diaper phase and it's a, it's a stressful time getting up in the middle of the night, trying to get your body back to where it was before kids. All these things, it's a tough, and that's just the dad. I don't know about the mom. I'm still carrying my baby weight. And, uh, and you get over this thing and you're just like, man, I can't, I can't take it one more minute. I can't bear it one more. And the person says to you, God's, God's not going to give you more than you can bear. And I think what happens is it came from a misread of a very powerful scripture in 1 Corinthians. It's 1 Corinthians 10, verse 3. It says this, And God is faithful. He won't let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will provide a way out. That's a powerful, powerful statement. That when temptation's coming your way, he's not going to let you be tempted past what you, because when the temptation comes, and it will come, he's going to provide a way of escape that's different than God will will never give you more than you can handle. As a matter of fact, the Bible doesn't show that at all. It, it was Gideon in the Old Testament. Gideon, he was a, a man, he said, I'm the, the, I, I'm the lowest clan and the lowest family, and the, I'm the lowest person in my family. I, you picked the wrong guy. I am super inadequate. Have you ever felt super inadequate? Maybe you feel like Moses, and Moses was leading the people of God, and, and he just felt overwhelmed. He said, I... I I see these millions of people that I'm, I'm leading and they're complaining and they're messing me and God, I, I just feel overwhelmed. Have you ever felt overwhelmed? It was Jesus who was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he was praying there at the, by the olive trees and he's praying and he's calling out and he says, he's praying so hard that he's sweating great drops of blood. And he says, I'm deeply distressed and troubled my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. That does not sound to me like he's never going to give you more than you can bear. Or what about David when confronted with his sin? David said, my guilt has overwhelmed me and my burden is too heavy to bear. I am exhausted. I'm completely crushed. My groans come from an anguished heart. That's an example of somebody who has given more than they can handle. And I, I contend to you that God will always give you more than you can handle. So why would God allow you more than you can handle? The number one reason, if you're filling, filling in the blanks, taking notes, so you learn to depend on his presence. So you learn to depend on the presence of God. The Bible is very clear that um, when, when good things were happening to the people of Israel, they forgot about God. And when bad things were happening, they started blaming God and calling out to God. And I, I realize that pattern in my life too. Do you realize it in yours? When things are going good, oh, things are, I, I don't need to pray so hard. Hey, God, just keep it going good. That's all I'm praying. Just keep it going good. I, I, don't, I don't need to call out to you. I don't need to fast. I don't need to pray. I, uh, between you and I, God, we're good. I got this. And then... You go into bad stuff because you're either going, you're in, or you're coming out of it, right? And, and all of a sudden, God's to blame. And we don't call out to God in the time of goodness. We tend to call in the time of toughness. 
I'm telling you that God will allow things in your life to come so that you can learn to depend on him, depend on his presence. Remember Jonah? Jonah was called. He said, God had called him to go pray to the, and go speak to the Ninevites. And he said, I, will, I don't want to do it. This dude was racist. He was. The Ninevites were a different, they weren't Jewish, they were Gentiles. And he said, I will not go talk to them because I know that if I tell them about your goodness, God, they're going to repent. Did you know that was in the Bible, that the racism was in the Bible? It happened all the way back then. This is nothing new. And he says, hey, and God, so he ran away from God, what God wanted him to do. And God had a better plan for him. (laughs) And it took him three days to figure it out. Three days in the belly of a great fish. So I don't know about you, anybody like fishing? I love fishing. The worst thing about fishing is cleaning the fish. I couldn't imagine spending one minute in gastric acid. You know, the stuff that your body produces to break down what you eat. In the 1800s, there was a captain, he was a whaler. If you're in our Zoom Bible study, you, you heard this story. In the 1800s, he was a whaler. And what whalers do is they, they, they harvest whales. They, they take whales out. And they were in, in the seas, and, and a big whale came up and with its fin knocked this boat. Well, one of the people died. One of the people fell off the boat and died. The captain fell off the other side. And they, they thought he was dead until later on they caught this whale and they were they were cleaning the whale. What they do is they take the, it's the oily skin that's important to them. And they were taking the oily skin and then they gutted the, the whale and out came in the fetal position that captain. They said that his skin was like old parchment, like yellow and, and white, just old. And all of his, all of his hair was singed off because of the acid. I'm sure he smelled lovely. And so when I, when I hear stories about Jonah, people say, oh, that's just a myth. Well, it actually happened to somebody later on. So I, I can see that it's not a myth. But I don't, wouldn't, wouldn't want to spend 30 seconds in the belly of anything. And this guy spent three days until he finally repented, and then he was thrown off on the... On the, the um, the shore. And in Jonah chapter 2, verse 2 and 7, it says, In my distress I called to the Lord, and he answered me. And when my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you. <laughs> Three days he remembered, it took him to remember. I thought I had a bad memory. <laughs> so the truth is, when life is hard, we ask the questions: Where are you, God? When you go through some tough stuff, you ask God, God, where are you? When you see injustice happening, you ask God, where are you? When you see inequality happening, you say, God, where are you? When you see stuff that just isn't right, you say, God, where are you on all of this time? And my friends, I'm here to tell you, never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. I'm going to say that again because it's good. Never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. Because in the middle of the storm, he is still with you. Call upon him. The Lord is near to him, Psalms 145 says. The Lord is near to all who call upon him. To all who call upon him in truth. I've been through some some stupid things in my life. I don't know if you've ever done any stupid things in, in yours. 
And mine really happened, my stupidness, it was really, well, I did stupid things last week, I guess, so I want to say it, it stopped in college. Um, but my freshman year of college was so bad. I went to college and I thought I was going to party. My first semester was Party City. And uh, I don't know if you've had that. I was actually kicked out of college my, <laughs> after my first semester. And they said, you're not qualified to do here because partying is not one of the degrees that we offer. You actually have to show up to class. And um, that, was, that was bad. And while that was happening, I was living with a girl and, and found out she was cheating on me the, during the whole time that we were together. And that was just a down moment. And so I'm, I'm moving, looking for a place to live. And I find these guys and you know, we we're, there's a house that we're cleaning up and painting and, and we're drinking some beers while we're doing this. And then they say, hey, let's go out to the van. And so we got to the van and they put on some Jethro Tull. Anybody over 60 knows I'm talking about, Jethro Tull, Aqualung, right? And uh, they start passing a pipe. And I, I'm like, well, let me, let me take a toke on this. And so I smoked some of this, this, this marijuana stuff. And I said, I had said, I don't know what this is about, but I don't feel anything. But I sure am hungry. <laughs> and so I went and took, I, was, I had my parents' car that night. It was a Lincoln Town car. I'm driving my Lincoln Town car, my parents' Lincoln Town car, in the rain. And on the way back home, of course, I had the radar detector up front. And I saw the radar detector go. And it was a cop that was behind me that tagged me and pulled me over. I don't know if I've ever told you this story. I, I, I'm kind of ashamed of it, tell you the truth. It's not the, it's not the highlight of my life, but it is the highlight of his grace. And uh, I get pulled over in the parking lot, and I'm liquored up. I've, and I, I know we have some law enforcement officers in here, so it's beyond the, uh, the uh, statute of limitations, so thank you so much. <laughs> I like jewelry. I just don't want to wear any today. And uh, so I get, I get pulled over, and... The, the officer comes to the door, and I see, you know, S-W-A-T on his, on his chest. And I said, oh, dear God, this guy could take me out from a long ways away. What am I? I don't want to do this. And uh, he said, sir, can I get your license and registration? It's my parents' car, sir, and here's my Illinois driver's license. Oh, Illinois, huh? And so he came back, and he said, sir, I know what you've been doing. If I see you again, I'm going to nail your butt to the ground. I said, yes, sir. Or to the wall. I said, yes, sir. Le letting you go with a warning. Two weeks later, I'm driving home, and my motorcycle breaks down, and Lori um, actually drove me home from work and told me about this guy who changed her life. His name was Jesus. He said, Jerry, you need Jesus. And I said, you're right. The next day, I gave my, li my life to Christ. So there are things, now that's great news. There are things, never, never, God never wastes a hurt. He never wastes a stupid moment in your life. So no matter what you've gone through, no matter what you've done, no matter who you've done it with, you have a God who loves you, who sent his son for you, and he wants to be with you in the middle of your pain, in the middle of your heartache, in the middle of whatever is going on in your life. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. My friends, listen, I'd rather be with God in the lowest part of my valley than be on the top of the mountain without God. 
I'd rather be with him in the middle of the stuff. I'd rather be in the, in the middle of a storm knowing that he's in the boat with me than thinking that I could do it all by myself because I have proven that I can't. And he has proven time and time and time that he's faithful and just, that he's gonna forgive me, he's gonna keep me in the very center of his palm. God is so good. He'll never gonna leave you, forsake you, never let the presence of a storm make you doubt the presence of God. And the second reason I think that the Lord allows us to go through some stuff and gives us more than we can handle is this, if you're taking notes, so that we can experience his power. So that we can experience the power of God. That's kind of cool that God wants to show us his power. He wants to show off to us. And so, when you try to do things in your own power, it reminds me of the time when I was in the military. I was in the Army. Basic training is a fun, fun time. I was fit coming into it, and I was super fit coming out of it. Went in with a 42-inch chest, came out with a 49-inch chest in nine weeks. It was fantastic. I loved it. I loved pushing the earth. I loved... What I didn't love was they had these dummy M16s. They were rubber. If you served, you remember these things. They were rubber, and they were... I think they were heavier than the, the real ones. Because we had to do these things where you, let's see if I can do it without falling over. So we had these, you had to hold the M16 up like this and you had to take a seat on a wall and hold it. And you think, oh, this is no big deal. I'm tough, I'm strong, I'm doing this. I mean, and all of a sudden, that weight starts getting you down, right? And you start shaking, you go to muscle failure and you're, you're trying with everything in your, in your body just to, to hold that up. And eventually you can't, you, you, you drop it. And then you gotta push the earth, you know, you start pushing and then up on a wall and you start doing this and it was tough. And I realized that there are times in my life where I have strength, but I run out of it. I have power, but I run out of it. And in my life, I've realized that God's power in my life is much stronger than any strength that I have which is tough for a guy who believes that if it's going to be, it's up to me. Do you believe that? Are you, those kind of, are you that kind of person? If it's gonna be, it's up to me. I gotta make it happen. I'm not gonna take a hand out. I'm not gonna even take a hand up. I'm gonna, be a, I'm gonna pull myself up by my bootstraps and I'm gonna, right? And, and so if you feel that way, it's tough. So a month ago, I injured myself and I, I would love to tell you that it's a great injury story I was in my pickup truck and I was pulling into the driveway and just the subtle shift of back and forth pulled a muscle in my back. It wasn't like I was on SEAL Team 6 and I was hunting Al-Qaeda. That would have been a great story. This is, I, I rocked a little too much. And that hurt like you had no idea. It pulled a muscle in the back which went into the intercostal muscles which I didn't even know I had muscles between my ribs. Do you know you do? <laughs> Apparently, when you eat ribs, that's what that is. I'm like, oh. Yeah, forgive your pastor. He's not that smart sometimes. Well, pulling that really hurts. And when you move the wrong way, it feels like you're getting stabbed and you can't breathe. And, and so I went to the doc. They said, you have to go to the ER. We want to make sure that everything's right. And so they went and they did scans. I said, maybe I broke a rib because I've done that before. I felt maybe it's broken rib. Not that you can do anything putting on steroids and pain relievers and uh, muscle relaxants, not fun stuff. I don't, I don't like being out of my mind, you know? And so I was like, man, this is horrible. 
And then I said, well, they said, just don't do anything, Jerry. Don't do anything. It's got to be. It's up to me. And so we're here doing a cleanup day here, and there's a 44-gallon bucket of construction waste, you know. And I'm like, well, I'll take this out here. I'm looking around going, I'm the youngest guy in the room. I'm going to take this out. I got this. So I pick this up, and I throw it in the garbage, and ah, And the next day, I couldn't move, (laughs) right, because my strength was very limited. And I keep on injuring it because I try to do it in my own strength. Then we went back to the doctor, and they said, well, you got to go again. It might be your kidneys. I go, oh, my goodness, my kidneys. Ever, people start naming off different organs. You start freaking out, right? I'm like, oh, they do a CAT scan. It's, it's just you're being an idiot, and you're trying to do it in your own strength. And it's been the hardest thing for me to learn is to put myself back, ask for help from somebody else, and just know that you're not going to get it done. Somebody else gets to do it for you. And that's so difficult for a type A personality. And if you're like that, this message is for you. Because God is going to allow you something in your life to stop you from trying to do it your own in your own strength. And he wants you to totally rely on him. It happened to the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul. He was going all over. The guy wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, right? And all of a sudden, in 2 Corinthians 12, it talks about there was a thorn in his flesh, thorn in his side. And he said, three times I pleaded. Listen, if anybody deserved to be healed, I mean, from my human sense, it's Paul. The guy planted churches all over the place. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. This guy deserves to get healed. And God says, what? My grace is sufficient for you. This is verse, uh, chapter 12, verse 9 and 10. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. So hold on, time out. So you ask God to heal you, and he said, yeah, my grace is sufficient for you. What? And so Paul says, fine, if that's the way it is, God, therefore, <laughs> I'm going to boast all the more gladly in my weakness so that Christ's power will rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships. You know what hardships he had, don't you? I mean, he was shipwrecked and beaten within an inch of his life and beaten and bitten by a snake and imprisoned, and it was crazy, and, and all that stuff, and persecutions and difficulties. Why? For when I am weak, say it with me, then I am strong. When I'm weak, then I'm strong because his strength is perfect through me. So let me ask you this question. Are you the person who's going to row, row, row the boat and row and row and row the boat and do it all under your own power? Or are you going to get smart and lift up the sail and let the wind of the Spirit take you where you need to go? Eventually, you're going to get tired of rowing. You can only row for so long. I would, I would submit to you that today, if you feel like he's given you more than you can handle, it's time to lift the sail and be pulled along by the presence of the Holy Spirit. Because he'll take you further, faster than you ever could imagine. 
It's going to happen with, with all kinds of miracles along the way because you're not relying on your own strength. You're relying on his, his goodness. So maybe you're fostering a kid or maybe you have a rebellious child or maybe the bills are piling up or there's some sickness or disease. You say, I have to be strong. I have to be strong. And God says, no, you have to be weak because in your weakness, he is strong. Romans 8 says, in the same way, the spirit helps us in our weaknesses. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. My friend, God loves you. Are you have you been called according to his purpose? Then whatever you're going through, God's going to redeem for his glory. Let me say that again. He's going to redeem it for his glory. You are an example. You're a testimony of what God wants to happen in, in, in life. He's looking for people to say, yes, God, use me. And sometimes using me just says, God, use me. If it means I got to get hurt, if it means I can't, Paul had a, a pain in the side. He had to just take it and say, God, in my, in your, in my weakness, you are strong. So whoever you are today, wherever you are in your walk with Christ, I'm here to tell you, maybe you, you haven't ever accepted Christ in your life. Maybe Maybe you've never asked Jesus to come and live inside of your life and to make a way. Today could be your day. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I want to accept Jesus Christ into my life. I've tried it all on my own, and I've messed up. It's not working out too good. And I want to yield my life. I want to surrender my life. I want to rest on him Today, I want to make a decision to follow him for the rest of my life. If that's you, what I want you to do in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you. Or maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, in my life, I've, I've uh, kind of made a, a, a mess of it. I am a Christian. I've asked Christ into my life. But my life is so messed up. I try to take back control. <laughs> I put it on cruise control and I let him take the wheel, but I just grab the wheel back and I'm trying to steer the ship. And God says, hey, it's not your job, it's my job. And today you wanna say, I wanna recommit my life to Christ. I wanna resurrender my life to Christ. Today is your day, I'm gonna ask you to pray in just a moment. So God, I thank you for every person in the sound of my voice. I know God, right now there are people who are hurting, who are, who are aching, they are going through all kinds of pain and hurts and sorrows, and they don't know what's going on. God, I know that you want to show your presence to them, and God, you want them to experience your power. And God, I pray today that by your mighty hand that you show yourself strong on their behalf. Show up to them with them, God. Let them know that they are not alone in the middle of the storm. You are there with them. In the middle of whatever is going on, it's not their strength, it's yours that's gonna make the difference here. Now, if you're here and you say, Pastor, I want you to remember me in prayer. I want to give my life to Christ. Maybe it's the first time. You say, I, I wanna surrender my life to Christ. I'm tired of trying to do it my own way. And today I wanna make a decision to follow him 
with everything I have. If that's you, I want you to shoot your hand up real high and look at me in the eye. Say, Pastor, remember me in prayer, would you? I'm surrendering my life to Christ. Awesome, thank you, thank you. As I see your hand, you can put it down. If you're watching online, go ahead and press the button or make a comment in there and say, I'm saying yes to Jesus. Maybe you're here and you've been a believer. And for whatever reason, you started taking control back. You took it off of autopilot and you grabbed the wheel yourself and you're trying to steer this ship and you were never meant to do that. You weren't meant for that. And you're saying, I'm tired of rowing the boat. Another metaphor, I wanna put up my sail and I wanna rely on him. If that's you, I want you to slip up your hand and say, Pastor, remember me in that prayer. Remember me in that prayer. Thank you. Hands all over the place. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In your weakness, he's made strong. Can we stand together? Let's stand together in an attitude of prayer. Stand if, you're, if you're able to stand. And would you just join me in this prayer out loud together as a family? Dear God, everybody, dear God, thank you for loving me. I'm sorry for the things that I've done that have separated you and I. And today, I wanna give you my life. I yield myself to you. I surrender. You're the boss and I'm not, but I'm gonna serve you all my days. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now friends,